Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to the Chase Thomas podcast. Late on a Tuesday, uh, where I am now joined by someone who covers the LSU basketball team, who are off to a pretty good start in SEC play. They, they're like not a Tennessee Volunteer start, where it's just like number one in Ken Palm, but. A pretty interesting start, nonetheless. I mean, they're not losing buying games at home to Texas Baptists, so that's a positive. It's the LSU Tigers, so yeah, there you go. That's good. This is nice as an intro um, that I'm going to do for the LSU Tigers. Matthew Brene, I have to go Brene because it is a Brian Kelly special on this podcast. We're rebranding, just like Brian Kelly when he moved from South Bend, Indiana to Baton Rouge. How are you doing, man? Exactly. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the full Brunei. Get the whole Cajun French going over here. Exactly. Exactly. Noted uh, Cajun Brian Kelly himself. Uh, <laughs> what is the in the fan reaction? Because I'm sure you're just uh, being a two four seven and seeing all the different commenters and the fans. Like, what has been the reaction thus far to everything Brian Kelly has done since uh, since arriving? It's been. I mean, I mean, if we just talk about the. The, the whole incident with the accent accent first that was kind of just everyone was like all right well because you know we're in the honeymoon stage you know so fans are always like oh you know i'm sure he just he just you know just did it to try to be funny or something like that and trying to give him the benefit of the doubt or you have the people saying you know oh as long as he wins games it doesn't matter how he talks but yeah that was definitely weird uh but everything else you know he's building a staff uh brought back frank frank wilson um, uh, well-respected Louisiana coach. So um, they're trying to give him as much of the benefit of the doubt right now as po- possible. And he's earned that, obviously, with the success he's had. He gets a five-star quarterback out of the gate, like something that he never mm-hmm. got at Notre Dame. I'm going to guess that that was part of the reason he wanted to move on. And it's just that, like, the Kelly thing, when you look at the cycle, it's just, I mean, LSU coaches just win national titles. Like, it doesn't last very long anymore. It gets crazy. Yeah. And it uh, it probably won't end well with Brian Kelly. But, like, do you think he's going to win a title for him? Yeah, probably. Like, that's how I look at it. So, it's just, if I was a fan of the LSU Tigers, then I would just be looking at it as, like, yeah, this guy's embarrassing. Uh, he's a little embarrassing, <laughs> but he's probably going to win us a title. So, don't really care. Don't really he's like care. That, he's like that one family member that you really don't like, but, like, is loaded. Mm-hmm. And you just want to be friends with them because they have, like, the beach house. Right. Like, that's kind of how it is. Exactly. And, I mean, that could have gone way worse than the LSU coaching stuff. It was getting Definitely. pretty dire. Um, and, and ending up with uh, Brian Kelly, I think, is a pretty pretty uh, extravagant move that I think is going to pay off in a major way. So, yeah. that that is that. No more Brian Kelly on this very podcast. Can't do it. Can't do any more Brian Kelly. But the LSU basketball team, I think, is pretty fascinating at the moment, as I alluded to at the top of the show. But... I wanted to ask you, from your perspective at watching all these games, um, why has LSU clicked out of the gate this fall? It's been really because of the defense, and it's been kind of weird to see because uh, the past few years, they haven't been a good defensive team. They haven't been good at all. They've been outside the top 100. Uh, they haven't been a good rebounding team. Obviously, last year they had you know Cam Thomas, Javante Smart, Trenton Watford, Oh, great scores, but they didn't play a lick of defense. And so over the offseason, everybody, Will Wade, uh, the returners, Darius Days, uh, we're all like, we play defense now. And it's been a point of emphasis. And everybody kind of just like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever you say. And then they go out and they've held every team they've played to 
under six or to 63 or less points and a 63 point game came in overtime and now they're number three in Kim Palm in defense uh and which is just a astonishing turnaround that nobody saw coming and that's really kind of ignited everything that they've done because they're a very very athletic team um their half court offense will continue to improve but that is definitely the the Achilles heel right now but they play in the full court they press and they just get after it and they're very very athletic so it's it's been interesting to see and they've added some key talent over the offseason as well that's helped them so who are some of the the bigger names that have stood out that they acquired in the offseason so there's three real key ones um point guard uh, xavier pinson uh comes from missouri was a starting yeah. point guard in missouri uh obviously killed tennessee uh, last year yeah, he is. He was a good. He was a good player at Missouri, and he's went over to LSU, and he's basically doing the same thing, except a little bit better at LSU this year. Um, and then at center, they brought in five-star center Efton Reed, and he's been kind of a back to the basket uh, presence that they've needed on, on offense. Gives them kind of a role man as well. He's very very skilled, so that's helped. And then the best point of the team to this point has been Tari Eason, a Six eight Ford from Cincinnati uh, spent his freshman year at Cincinnati last year and uh, came off the bench for them and was a really good defensive player, but didn't look like he had like a game that was well rounded out at all. And he's just been amazing. He's been an all SEC caliber talent just in these first nine games, and it's been incredible because I, I wasn't expecting it. And he still comes off the bench for this team, uh, but he plays great defense and he's been kind of the engine for this offense when he's been on the court just because his ability to get in the paint and finish and dunk and he's just a, a lot of fun to watch yeah there you go um have you noticed will wade doing anything differently schematically anything that his uh in-game coaching that has evolved are his atos better what uh what has changed uh schematically for this year's lsu team versus last year so starting on the defensive side of the ball it it was it looks like a different team because of how successful they are. Um, I do think a lot of that is personnel based, but they are pressing, which they didn't do last year. Last year they changed up between zones, uh, two, three, one through one, and some man. Uh, but this year they're pretty much a straight pressing team uh, and half court man to man. And then he, he's already talked about adding stuff to the zone over this, you know, before conference starts. So that'll be interesting. Uh, but in the past, he used to coach like that when he was at VCU. And VCU, obviously, he worked under Shaka Smart. They used to press all the time. So this isn't anything really new for him. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, I think he's he's always been really good at being able to create advantages for his players on offense. Uh, obviously, last year that turned into just one-on-one basketball for Cam Thomas, which worked. Uh, but still, it wasn't very inventive. It was kind of just set a screen and try to get a switch and attack. This year, there is more motion. There's more ball movement. He's really emphasized ball movement from side to side, uh, if nothing else, just to get the defense out of position and for an offensive rebound or uh, maybe draw a foul or something like that. So I think I think more of his philosophies changed from last year to this year. Um, I, I don't know how much his actual you know style has changed as a coach to this point. So it sounds like Cam Thomas was kind of... I don't know. I don't want to say a negative, but when you have someone that good and that talented offensively, um, it can take away from the rest of the team. Do you think they're having more fun than they did last year? Uh, 
Probably, probably. I mean, definitely. You look at last year's team, and it was it's funny because you had the four players: Thomas, Watford, Smart, and then Darius Days. Days is the only one that returned to those four, and those four literally played the whole game. They took almost all the shots, and Cam Thomas uh, and Smart and Watford, for that matter, too, were kind of just isolation guys. So I, I could. Yeah, I think if you ask Darius Days, I think he's probably the the meter here. I think he's definitely having more fun this year just because of the way that they're getting after it. And, you know, playing defense and turning people over and suffocating people is a pretty fun way to play instead of just watching, you know, Cam Thomas uh, score 30 on, you know, 20, 20 shots. And they had the number five offense last year in the country on Kim Palm, but um, it's just a different, it's just a different vibe on the team when, you know you have a chance in every game because you're defense and you're not relying on, oh, I hope so-and-so makes shots tonight or else we're going to give up 80 points and lose. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, are you worried at all about the offense and about this style? Does it lend itself to more postseason success or do you think somebody will emerge, not necessarily the Cam Thomas upside, but do you think yeah. one player in particular will start to emerge as like the, the go-to guy in half-court sets when uh, defenses tighten up and it gets a little cramped? I, I do think, to answer the first part of the question, I do think I am concerned about the offense because before the season, they added Adam Miller from Illinois, uh, a starting guard over there his freshman year, came over here. I watched a couple practices before the year, and Adam Miller – in my opinion, would have led this team in scoring. He would have been the best offensive player on this team. Um, I really think he's the guard. Like, you would have had a really good year of averaging probably like 16 points or so. And then he tore his ACL before, or tore his knee before the year uh, started. And that was a big, big blow. And I thought it was going to kind of just, I thought this team was not going to be able to reach over like sixth or seventh in the conference because of that. Lo and behold, obviously the defense is great and they figured it out, but the offense is still kind of figuring it out. And I'm not sure. Well, I know they don't have the top end talent that obviously you want from like, let's say a top 10 team in the country, right? They don't have UCLA or Dukes or whoever, Alabama's offensive firepower. Um, So I I think they're going to have to win games kind of ugly and I think that they proved against, I mean, Wake Forest is not a bad team at all. Penn State, uh, Belmont, Ohio, all these teams, they've just completely taken them out of rhythm. And as a result, uh, the offense has kind of been ignited from that defense. So they're going to have offensive lulls. They're going to have stretches where they can't score and they're not turning people over or they give up a couple baskets. But when this team is clicking, and I think there's are, there are, there are going to be runs in every single game they play where they just – force, let's say, two or three turnovers in a row and go on an 8-0 run just because of their athleticism. So it is it's it is a concern on offense. Um, Darius Days is going to have to get going. Uh, he's been kind of up and down this year. Um, he's a big piece of their offense. But they, I feel confident they have, they have like four or five guys that they can – I mean, they have decent depth as far as op- offensive options goes. But like you said, they just don't have that Cam Thomas guy who I'm like – all right, in half court, things get sticky late. I'm giving it to him. I don't know who that is right now. It, it might be Tari Eason, but I'm not sure. Pinson definitely thinks it's him. For sure. That For is sure. that man has never seen a shot he did not like. For sure. He's he's been he's been a little bit better this year as a mm-hmm. as a creator, but um 
Yeah, no, he's he definitely and they are going to need him to to be able to score the ball efficiently because, like I said, if like if they had Adam Miller, I think this team looks pretty different, and I think the ceiling is much higher. But without Miller, it's like okay, Pinson has to pull his weight, Reed has to pull his weight, Days has to pull his weight. If not, then you get nights where, like when they played Penn State and they went to overtime, they couldn't shoot for nothing. So you're gonna have those nights. There you go. Um the biggest name to watch for LSU basketball fans is who for the next several months? Which name should they keep their eye on the most? For LSU fans? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, all right. Is this from a excitement standpoint or is this like a breakout candidate standpoint? Breakout candidate standpoint. Okay. Um, I'll probably say, I'll probably say, mm, this is tough. I'll probably say Brandon Murray, uh, freshman guard. Uh, he he actually leads the team in minutes, but he can kind of. But he's not like a terrific offense player. He's, he is their best shooter at the moment. Or well, him and Darius Days are their best shooters. Uh, so I think he's a big player that could break out and continue to improve over the season. But he's been starting. He's a great defender. He's shooting forty percent from three. And if he continues to make open shots and be a really good defender, I think he could be the reason this team wins. Um, a good amount of games because he's playing like thirty plus minutes a game right now. So that's uh, that's probably one that I think LSU fans should should look out for. Interesting. Uh, last thing, we'll wrap up here. Uh, what storyline about this season thus far has you most intrigued? Darius Days. Okay. Like just off the top of my head, uh, Darius Days started off the year. Oh, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think I think I threw the piece of paper away. He started <laughs> off the year shooting like seventy percent. He had a game where he went 9 of 10 from 3, or was it 9 of 11? 9 of 10 or 11 from 3 um, early in the year. He's just shooting the lights out in the first three or four games of the year. And since then, he's just gone dry, completely dry. Like I think he was 4 of 23 going into the last game. And I think he went 1 of 7 last game. So that puts him at, what, 5 of 30, I want to say, over the past six games or so. And he's going to be the one where every fan kind of is like, all right, is he going to figure it out or is he just going to? just not be good anymore because if he's not good then they need someone else to build the shoot and like i said the this team already is not a great shooting team if you take darius days out they're gonna struggle significantly in conference play as far as just a half court offense goes so yeah darius days is the story i feel like a lot of fans going into every game is like all right let's see what darius can do because you kind of know what you're getting from most the other team Darius is kind of just a hit or miss right now, which isn't good considering he's, you know, the, the senior, the elder statesman, the one that you want to kind of lead this team moving forward. Mm, there you go. Well, how did the good folks keep up with your work this week? Um, on Twitter, um, my handle is at Matthew Bruni underscore. You can follow our work. Uh, most of our work right now is obviously on signing day. So it's at uh, or it's go to go twenty four seven dot com. Uh, Twitter is the same at go two four seven. But like I said, a lot of it is uh, signing day stuff. Uh, LSU doesn't really have. I'm trying to think. They play Louisiana Tech next week. Uh, Lipscomb. Really, they're not challenged again until conference play starts. And when conference play starts, they play seven straight ranked teams. So let's let's see how it goes. There you go. There you go. Matthew, keep up the great work, man, and uh, we'll have to check back in again soon. For sure. Thanks for having me.
Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.